Hello and welcome to my YouTube channel. Today I'm making a video about what it was like spending about five days at the Ramdas Legacy Retreat on Maui in Hawaii. And I have a similar video from earlier this year about what it was like spending seven days at a Rinzai Zen Buddhist Meditation Retreat, which you can also check out if you're interested. If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, there's a little square in the right corner where you can subscribe and you can hit the bell to get personalized notifications. So what is this Ramdas Open Your Heart in Paradise Legacy Retreat that I speak of? That was, um, it was hard to convey. I hesitated to make this video because what I received from it was so powerful, but it was such a heart opening essence that I felt that I knew that I wouldn't be able to rightly convey it in words. So I could only get as close to this maybe as I can in hopes that somebody would be enticed to do this or something similar themselves in the future. So I'm just gonna try and articulate some of these points. So who was Ramdas? Ramdas was one of the most beautiful beings and is that I ever came across. And so about three years ago, I was exposed to some of his lectures and they were so eloquent and beautiful and they spoke from my heart and they spoke what I had always known to be true. And as I delved into him and his lineage, which is his guru that he always talked about was Maharaji, known as Neem Karoli Baba, who I also now am a student of. He, I felt such a deep connection here. And so Ramdas was a Harvard professor, a psychologist, who then became a huge part of the psychedelic movement in the 1960s. Him and Timothy Leary were huge pioneers in this movement. And so after many years of that and him realizing that he was always getting these deep spiritual insights but not able to sustain it and integrate it into his life, he went in search of somebody that understood more about these things and he found himself in India where he met his guru Maharaji and after that Ramdas came back to the west and basically for the rest of his life until he passed away from about 1970 when he wrote the classic book Be Here Now until 2019 he taught spiritual practices he was always very beautiful and open and honest about where he was and where he wasn't on his path. So there's many people that are very devoted to him. He wrote many magnificent books. Before he had a stroke in the late 1990s, he was an extremely eloquent speaker. So this is just to give you a little bit of background. That's how we get to the Ramdas retreat. So most people there are either people who deeply love Ramdas and Maharaji that have been followers of them for years or newer people that maybe just heard about this or just read a book, whatever. So that's the kind of atmosphere. It's a lot different than the Zen retreat in the sense it's not extremely structured and rigid and hardcore like that video if you've checked it out. So what was it like being there and what's the essence that I'm going to try to convey to you? So you get to the retreat and the next morning they start every day at 6 a.m. with a meditation and they'll do either a reading or we'll chant a certain mantra and then we'll meditate for a little bit. And after that, you can go to a Qigong class or you can go to a yoga class. And for example, maybe you'll go to the yoga class and the teacher will have you visualize the colors associated with the different energy centers, like here behind me, the different chakras 
running through your body and you'll chant a mantra to open up each chakra. Different things like that. And so throughout the day, what they do is they have various different spiritual teachers because this was the first retreat since Ramdas passed away. And right where he used to sit, they keep his wheelchair and his picture and everything like that and a picture of Maharaji. And so you can feel the presence of them at certain points in time very tangibly. A deep presence of love and you know that he's there. So throughout the day, many various teachers that were very close to Ramdas, pretty famous um, Buddhist teachers and different kinds of teachers like Sharon Salzberg and Jack Kornfield and Maribai Bush and these different people, they run meditation groups and groups on loving kindness and compassion and wisdom and they give talks about death and dying and different different topics and they run a lot of meditations throughout them as well. And so I'm not going to get into each thing, but for example, there was one exercise ran where you would look into the eyes of the person next to you. Just someone either you met at the retreat or had never met. You look into the person's eyes and the person on stage starts reading, this person has felt scared just like I have. This person has hopes and dreams just like I have. This person's experienced joy just like I have. This person's experienced sorrow and disappointment just like I have. This person wants to be loved and cared for, just like I have. And as they're saying these things, you're staring into the eyes of this, of this other being. You're staring into the soul of this other being. So practices like this. And what I mean is it really starts to open your heart. And I'll give you an example. People that go there, especially those that have never been to anything like that, but people that go there, like, they'll need some extra time to go sit in their room because it'll bring out stuff inside you that's so overwhelmingly powerful. Say, if you're living bad habits in your life, if you're living in a career or an addiction that's not right for you, if you're in a relationship that's not right for you, if you've been just not taking care of yourself in any way, you're gonna, you'll start crying basically at many points during the retreat because it's gonna break down those emotional walls. So like, there's many times that I was in tears. So every time they're cultivating this, and, and also you bring, like when I, for me, when I get into, into tears, it's out of love and devotion, because maybe they'd be playing a talk by Ramdas or saying something about Maharaji or a story, and it brings you into such a place of love a place that you don't normally, a state that you don't normally live from, where you realize the depth and profundity of, of love in the universe, and you realize the goal, you realize the spiritual essence of which this is all about. And so you, you do that and you meet during, they have regular lunches and everything, you meet very beautiful, exquisite people, and you connect with the most interesting sorts of people that are all gathered for this common purpose of love. And like Jesus says, when two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. So when you bring together the energy of all these people gathered for this common purpose, the energetics are so powerful. And so it's discontinuous with normal way. You know, you're going to touch things over and over, touch places in your being that you may have only touched at certain brief times in your life. And so callings for people to go to things like this are extremely important 
to listen to because if you end up at such a retreat or hear such a video that prompts you, you're meant to go there. And people walk away with their lives changed because of such events. And then of course they have to sustain that, but they break through on deep levels. And so what we would do at night, sometimes throughout the day, but two hours every night, Krishna Das, who's basically the Hindu devotional chant kingpin of the world. Um, he was Ram Dass's very good friend. And they and he was younger than him, so he's only in his 70s. Ram Dass died at 88. And he chants beautiful, it's called Kirtan. It's Hindu devotional music. Basically what we do, he leads the chanting, and we sing songs to God. We sing powerful, ancient songs to God. And so... That would happen for about two hours every night. And these songs will put you into ecstasy. They'll put you into ecstasy. So I would sit and meditate, meditative posture and chant along and just maybe be in tears, maybe just be in bliss, maybe in love. Other people, as the Shakti, the energy grows in the room, people that are sitting there, they start getting up and dancing. People start running around. People start shaking back and forth and doing weird things with their hands and other body parts because the energy that's going through them is just, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. So Krishnadas and his band sit up there and play. And so these types of things, and then if you've already been exposed to them a little bit, then it's even more powerful devotionally because you've heard some of these songs, you've listened to some of these talks and you get in there and it's just like wow it's so powerful and so beautiful and so those are the kinds of practices that they do and they'll play little talks from Ramdas. and another big one I wanted to touch on that really because it's so hard as I said to convey the essence of such a thing and not everything that you get from it will be realized in the moment it affects lasting change inside of you as well. So on the last day, there was something called a cacao ceremony and a yoga class. So you drink this cacao, some kind of caffeine thing that's meant to purify you. Then you do the yoga class and then they have us for 20 minutes, the teacher had us all start dancing, just ecstatically dancing, doing all these silly things. And I'm not a big dancer, so I was like, okay. So you start dancing very wildly, everyone's laughing, they're making you do different things, they're cultivating like this energy and this presence in the room, and then she has you start going to each person, so you maybe get through five, seven people, and you look in their eyes. And sometimes you look into someone's eyes and they'll start crying, or they'll close them, or they'll start shaking, and you could hold each other. And it was so energetically powerful, and then they brought us all laying down on the ground and they turn on a little Ramdas talk where he's in his older days after his stroke. So he's talking slow, just about, just about love in the heart. He's just saying something along the lines of, we're all loving awareness. We're all a part of God. And he, just for a few seconds, and I'm laying there holding hands with a girl who I met the day before and I'm bawling my eyes out in tears and not in ecstasy, in ecstasy, in joy, in like profound admiration of the love in the universe. And so those are the kind of things that 
go on at such a place. And the reason I say it's hard to convey is because you can listen and say, oh, that, sound, you know, that sounds cool, but to actually, you can't, I can't give you the feeling of what that was like. I can't give you like the realization of what that's like. And also that, not only do we delve into love, we also delve into suffering. Because suffering and love are both part of the yin and the yang. They're both held in the balance of the universe. So we focus on opening our hearts to ourselves and others and loving kindness and compassion and service. But we also do that by taking a look into the nature of the vast amount of suffering in the universe. And that's what Ramdas always said. He said when he came back from India, the first thing that became clear to him is how much suffering there was everywhere. And this is just how I'm going to finish, which might seem like a sad note, but it it's, you want insight into the nature of suffering in the universe and you need insight into it in order to grow spiritually and in order to have developed feelings of compassion for other beings. So most of the time we just don't open our eyes to the vast amount of suffering all around us. And there's suffering every day all around the world from three billion animals and fish getting killed a day for food, to pollution, to murder, to rape, to homelessness. And in every single person's life, battles of mental health, battles of addiction, lost family members to death and disease, resentment, people you never made up with, anxieties, dreams you never fulfilled, courage that you never had to do things, people committing crimes, people that can't stop drinking, people in trouble with the law, people frustrated, inherently disappointed with life, people depressed and dejected, people wearing masks every day, the destruction of wildlife, anything, there's vast suffering everywhere, all the time, and it, the repetition of birth and death. The repetition of birth and death is the simplest one. The decaying of bodily forms, the decaying of the mind, the inability for people to find God, to find that source within, the frustrated seeking of anything besides what really gets you there. So having insight into the nature of, of such suffering is what's needed in your own suffering you have to be able to feel and come to terms with because when you hide from it, when you hide from your own suffering, it gets energy stuck and it causes vast emotional and psychic and spiritual wounds inside of you that keep your energy blocked, that keep you from being free and that keep you from being of service to others. So as we start to awaken, we recognize that the universe can be seen in all its suffering and that it could also be seen in what could be called a Buddhaverse. It can also be seen in pure ecstasy and pure love, both of which consciousnesses take a developmental spiritual journey to be able to fully recognize in their entirety. Because, and I'll finish here, I could tell you that the universe is love and I could tell you about these loving, of these states of consciousness I've been going into that I can't adequately explain, I can tell you about them and how they change the perception of reality and it's important to hear about them so that you know it's a possibility. But then eventually a time will come where 
you want to seek these things out for yourself because you hear people talking about them so much that you're like they have to be talking about something they wouldn't be doing this if if there wasn't something to it but you have yet to experience it for yourself and that's where practices come in that's where going to retreats come in that's where meditations come in doing meditation practices doing prayer practices finding spiritual groups that where coming in volunteer work to help other people that's when you start really having deep relationships with others one thing the retreat did for me is ever since the retreat i'm only interested when i meet people and really connecting with them listening learning how to listen because i've always talked learning how to listen to people just looking at them and when you're open like that people will come to you with things and you develop and get much more beautiful relationships and connections and like things unfold in better ways so I, I do make this as an encouragement to delve deeper into your spiritual work and or whatever you want to call it deeper into insight deeper into your connection with the universe so if you like this video again please like comment share or subscribe and i will be back soon please let me know if you have any questions namaste